Hey there, Tommy from the Run Testers with another Run Testers podcast. In this episode of the pod, we are going to be talking about running shoe rotations. We're not going to be going into details about the actual shoes we pick in our rotations, but we're going to be talking about all the things that people may want to know about what running rotations are, what the benefits are, why you might have one, and how to go about pulling together your own rotation. We'll also be covering all of the usual stuff, like the latest kit coming out, running news, and answering some of your questions. So if you listen to this on a run, enjoy the run. Hope it helps you stay motivated throughout, or if you're just lying on the sofa at home, enjoy yourself. Right, let's jump into the podcast. Okay, guys, the ninth Run Tester podcast. Uh, and this one's going to be it's going to be focused on running shoe rotations, something that we get asked a lot of questions about and something that is quite tricky for probably not everyone. Some people are obsessed with running shoe rotations and they, they're very specific about the type of shoes they've got in. But for others, it's a bit of a, a gray area and how to create a running shoe rotation and what to do with it is um, something that is is a bit of a, a quandary for some people. So we're going to talk about how to build a running shoe, shoe rotation, what it's for, what the benefits are, and that should be a nice discussion because it's something that uh, we've probably got bigger running shoe rotations than most people in the world. So um, <laughs> we'll, we're going to be diving into that in uh, in a bit. But for first, let's jump into, and I've not actually spoken to you guys for a while about this, training. What are we up to? What races are we doing? What are things looking like in the near future for in the running world for us? Yeah, what haven't Mike. you been asking us, Tom? What haven't you been asking us about yeah, our training? That's well, the really important question. Well, you you missed out on the last couple of podcasts because we've been doing ultra running and stuff. And as as, as we know that you, you're not really into that. So, um, True. yeah. All right, then, uh, Mike, how's your... Well, I, I know about how your training is going, but let's, let's explain what the current issues are. Um, I've got a big pain in my butt and it's not letting me run. So, uh, basically... In your what? Yeah, Big pain in my butt. So, uh, yeah, I've got glute issues. So, uh, basically, I am not being able to really train properly. I was trying to run through it, which is obviously the stupid thing to do. And I've had to take a couple of weeks off. I've got an appointment with a physio this week as well to hopefully get me back up to speed. But I stupidly did the winter run 10K with you, Tom, which was (laughs) probably not a good idea. I should have just stayed in bed and not run that. But, and that didn't help. So, it is ruining my preparations for London Marathon, which I do have a place for now, which I think when we previously spoke, I hadn't really sorted out what I was going to do spring marathon wise. So who knows how that's going to go. I am just wanting to kind of run normally or do any kind of kind of longer runs at the moment, but I'm being scuppered by this little niggle at the moment. So yeah, not ideal uh, at the moment. Yes. And anyone <laughs> listening or watching this, uh, myself and Nick are well aware of these problems from our WhatsApp discussions, <laughs> constantly reminded of it. But um, So many glute picks. Yeah, it's unnecessary glute picks. Yeah. Um, but Mike's not the only one who's got problems. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of problems, but the glutes ain't one. Um, actually, the glutes are one because my, my gammy knee from smacking it into a radiator um, means I can't do my normal yoga routine, which means my glutes aren't being stretched as much as they should be. Uh, yeah, my knee's been a still bit dodgy. It's just fine. I've just got to, I mean, I'm okay again. I'm running again. And I just can't do as much uh, or as long runs as I'd like to. So my marathon prep has kind of been knocked on the head, but I'm not really prepping that hard anymore because Manchester and London marathons, I've got places at both, but my uh, my second kid is due very close to those marathon days. So I'm not going to run them, I don't think, uh, unless 
don't know, I just decided to be a terrible person and just leave. But <laughs> uh, always a chance. So instead, uh, I'm just training and enjoying training and training to test mainly. Lots of different shoes that we've got going on. But I did run a 5K race at Battersea Park, my favorite 5K race, as in the 5K races video, Friday night under the lights in Battersea Park. And still got a bit of fitness, managed to sneak in sub 16 by a second. So I'm uh, very pleased with that, given where I am and where I've been recently. So I'm just trying to get out run, as run as much as possible without inflaming this knee which is the stupidest injury i've ever done and my coach can't really believe that i've done this <laughs> well i spoke to you about three minutes after you did it yeah and i, I thought it was just a, one of those you, you were just moaning about hitting your knee and then it's turned into this whole well you i, I say it's turned this whole thing i think you're milking it a bit <laughs> um and I'm, I'm frankly a bit bored of hearing about it but uh it's but a weird yeah. injury don't hit your knee into radiators pretending to disappear in a puff of smoke that's just key that's key to any runner out there and i'm begging runners out there to stop doing this because it's well a that's a rule i live by and i, I definitely don't do it anymore Anyway, the big news though, Tom, I want the real stats from Tom, which is the, Tom's, Tom's Ricky Hatton-esque uh, gains and losses of weight when he has a wrap for Christmas. <laughs> so how much have you lost since Christmas, Tom? I'm currently, uh, I'm down six kilograms since Christmas. I'm not, I'm not, new, it's, it's incredible. I've, I haven't changed six kilograms my entire adult life. My weight just stays the exact same. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't, uh, I'm not very, my metabolism has never been that good. But um, last year, my strategy for running Chicago Marathon was I trained really hard hmm. and uh, in the back of my pocket I had uh, well if I sort of got down to my ideal weight I'd probably find that a bit easier so yeah on a bit of a healthy eating diet at the moment it's working quite well and the diet if you, for those who are looking to go the other way to gain the weight at Christmas it's just a bottle of Bailey's a day right it's not a full bottle uh, <laughs> I, sort of, I sort of mix I, I, I chop and change drinks but yeah I'm a, I'm a master of uh, putting the weight on so yeah if you're, if you're a boxer out there and you need to move up a class I've got some great advice for you around Christmas time Tom will be uh, releasing a uh, running food book cookbook um, yeah imminently the first 20 pages is just Baileys and the last one is stop drinking so much Baileys yeah. well, you've got races though Tom and you're actually training properly so what are you doing this spring I'm not I'm not training that properly it's not I'm not the same level I was doing in Chicago Chicago's on a very strict plan now I'm really just training okay I'm not I've got Barcelona in four weeks but that race is a fun race I'm doing it with a load of friends who somehow haven't done a marathon before so it's going to be a bit of a bit of a lad trip they all want to beat you tom don't they yeah <laughs> well, it's, it's getting quite competitive yeah yeah in, in the whatsapp group but um i'm not i'm not that worried um, and then the, the the other i was meant to be in manchester but i don't think i'm gonna do that now because i might be doing a trip over to boston which is annoying because i was actually going to like up the up the training for manchester so yeah not uh our classic spring is a bit of a fun time a few races and i've got quite a lot of halves and 10ks and stuff in but Desperately try. I got five KPB last week at Park Run, so, mm. so doing something right. You met but, you met your hero, your Park Run hero as well, Joe Wilkinson. Yeah, Joe been trying to meet him for ages. Yeah, yeah. So he he, he had a chat with him, uh, mentioned the podcast. So hopefully, <laughs> I can get him on at some point. Um, but then no, it's all about September. I, I desperately want to get into Berlin, or if I don't get to Berlin, another fast marathon, and then I'm going to train all summer. I think on a proper coaching plan nice well and i'll be going backwards at that point with uh with a new kid so maybe we'll meet we'll converge somewhere well I, every time i see you do the under the lights race i i, I know i'm not allowed to do it because i'm not fast enough <laughs> but i i that, i'd absolutely that'd be a nice goal just to eventually get to the point where i can do that but you we'll know. just do our own one tom we'll do our own one that one is um <laughs> that one where had a harsher qualifying time than most of them i think most of them are more like 16 30 16 45 
But the Sri Trimboy ones are very fast in Battersea, and they don't have a quad. Well, I'm just I'm I'm very closely grasping at the the sub eighteen at the moment. I'm only fourteen seconds off, so okay. uh, still got a while to go. But um, I'm not really training, so hopefully a bit of training I can actually get <laughs> mid seventeen something. That'll keep me happy for a bit. Fair enough. All right, well, there we go. That's the that's a training update. Right, uh, let's jump into some running news. Ooh. And now I don't have any running news, so you guys are going to have to pick up what's going on in the world of running. What have you got for me? Well, I saw the um, I saw the World Cross Country Championships was going down over the weekend in Australia. Uh, some pretty solid performances by British teams, especially considering it wasn't exactly British conditions for cross country. It was mid mid or low thirty degrees centigrade in Australia for cross country. That's not cross country. It should be annoyingly cold and wet and muddy not parched earth but um yeah some good for i think one british team was fifth and a few others were sixth um some nice cool results uh, fellow running podcaster uh callum elson was, was down there and he did a, did a great job by all accounts so yeah very impressive nice. to run that well, well i know heat. much about xc no well you, you'd <laughs> look it's uh, it's different down there don't come and do it up near me it's very different to australia <laughs> all right anything else going on um i mean not I mean, I thought I got this um, kind of release with like and we previously before we jumped on here, we were kind of talking about the insightfulness of this article or this release or this study, <laughs> so-called study, uh, about the toughest UK marathon. So um, New Bounce did a study. Well, they basically looked at uh, the kind of DNF stats from kind of different races in the UK, and they found that the race with the kind of biggest DNF uh, percentage was Langdale. Marathon, which I believe is up in the Lake, is it Lake District? Isn't it? the Lakes? So, I guess, isn't it a lakes, lap of yeah. the Lake or something? It's a couple of laps, couple of laps. So a lot of hilly terrain, and then I think next was Southampton Marathon, and then mm, doesn't make any sense. Ab- yeah, <laughs> Abingdon. I think Snowdonia was in there, which I mean, kind of makes sense, I guess, because of the terrain. And then, I, interesting, I thought I found fifth was Milton Keynes, which I have done, and I wouldn't say it was a hard course but i do find it it was a boring course about so these are dnfs because people are bored <laughs> course, <yeah. laughs> boring um, i think milton keys has changed hasn't it yeah I, I think i think they spend 42 41k saying you're gonna finish in the stadium <laughs> at least and then the rest is just milton keys i would be like keynes doing milton keys mike huh? <laughs> yeah you kept that one quiet yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna dig um, out this study it sounds more like these are races that people sign up to and they're not that bothered about finishing because yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah imagine like if you do london marathon you, there's probably more incentive to finish that race than uh, there yeah. is for a southampton marathon but uh yeah I went to yeah, Milton Keynes once, one of, the, one of the worst days of my life walking around milton Keynes. <laughs> i went to an oasis gig five hours in the sun by the time oasis came on Sunstrike, didn't I? Had Sunstrike, so... <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're having to get Milton Keynes for that. I don't think that's what well, Keynes What Milton Keynes was that it took so long to get there. That's more time in the sun. It was a hot day, Tom. It was very much like the World Cross Country Championships in Australia, but I was just walking a little bit drunk to a gig, and I got Sunstrike because of that, and I blame Milton Keynes in many ways. Any listeners who are from Milton Keynes? Uh, <laughs> well, Nick's, Nick's been injured, and he's a little bit angry at the moment, so give him, give him a bit of space. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. The, stadium, right. the stadium's a long way from the station. That's all I'm saying. A lot, a lot of my family are from Milton Keynes, so they probably all hate me now. So, uh, great. <laughs> right. <laughs> Justified. <laughs> all right. Well, there's not many in that list that I want to do, but maybe Abingdon. I can't give Abingdon a go at some point. Abingdon's quite a far. It's like what used to be, like the classic late in the year shot at a mm-hmm. sub three for club runners. Very popular race of sub, uh, with um, club runners. So maybe that's the high DNF rate was just um, people, going people were it. doing it for a time. If they weren't on, they didn't bother. But yeah. Okay. I just gave up on it when they weren't hitting it. Uh, <laughs> hey, well, that's enough on news. Uh, let's talk about running kit. 
Now, because we're going to be going into depth about runners your rotations, we're not going to do a big section on all the kit we've tested in this episode, but we are we'll cover the most recent stuff that's coming out and some of the stuff that we've been testing in this section here. So the probably the biggest news that uh, people would have heard about now is that the Nike Vaporfly 3 is coming out very soon. And that is a shoe that is is exciting a lot of people and causing a lot of discussion. Mm. Uh, and we know a fair bit about it now. We've had the press releases, so we know what's, what some of the things that have been done to the shoe. And it's sounding quite interesting. Yeah, I, I'm very excited. Obviously, we, we haven't had this in ahead of the launch, which is 6th of March, hoping we'll get a chance to test it before then. But I think I think it's not going to be the most drastic change. I mean, I think Nike has reduced the weight of the shoe, which is never a bad thing, whilst keeping the midsole more or less the same, a little, a tiny bit more stack by reducing the amount of outsole uh, material. But yeah, I, I don't expect a drastic change on the foot, but a lighter Vaporfly, I, from what I saw, I've seen online, I think it's lighter than the Vaporfly 2, but probably just brings it back down towards the weight of the original Vaporfly Next Percent. So it's mm. it's uh, <laughs> just going to be a bit more like that. But that will do, really. You don't really want to mess with the Vaporfly, do you? It's not a great idea. It's still, I mean, that race in Battersea uh, on Friday night, it's like 90% of people are in that shoe and it's still the most popular by a mile you don't want to go mm. change anything too much It'd be very risky yeah it's it's a it's a big gamble uh i, I imagine um i mean the vaporfly one uh, one and two have been selling ridiculously since the twos well the two's been dro- dropped in price recently and that's suddenly made it the most tantalizing carbon plate ratio to buy because if you compare it with some of the other options out there you can get it for like 120 quid now so if the vaporfly 3 isn't better than that then it's going to be a difficult shoe to to, yeah, to that's its big problem. It almost feels like maybe Nike's decided, well, we'll do, we'll go for big swings with the Alpha Fly. You know, really mm. try and try things out there. And the Vaporfly now is it works. We'll we'll keep the changes fairly minimal, but I can't yeah. say that's a bad. But like you say, if the changes are minimal, when the Vaporfly Two is one hundred and ten quid, you can buy the yeah. Vaporfly Two. Yeah, it does look interesting though. There's definitely there's been a few updates to the design. The outsole looks different. There's some modifications yeah. to that, uh, and it's a great looking shoe. The pink one is. I'm not sure some of the other colors so much, but the pink one looks brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so so I imagine we'll be doing at least 20 videos on that when it comes out (laughs) against every other carbon plate shoe that we've tested out. We've also got a shoe which is, well, wasn't probably meant to be that exciting, but you've really gone all all in on it. The Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro, Nick. Mizuno, Tom. I think you've been told that enough in the comments. (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to pronounce any brand name correctly. The Mizun U Wave Rebellion Pro <laughs> is, uh, I think, the, my favourite new carbon shoe in so long. Like it, it was also just the most exciting and interesting carbon shoe in ages. Like, I've been editing the, vid- the review today; it's just me gushing for fifteen minutes. But um, basically, I feel like a lot of the carbon shoes we've been testing they are almost converging into the format that works. You know, there's a forty millimeter limit now. They all get to the forty millimeters. They put the scoop plate in. They make the foam soft, usually PIBA based, and then they tinker with the geometry a bit. But Mizuno has just gone. Yeah, the check made something I think quite different, and it feels amazing underfoot. Uh, it's really bouncy. It's very like powerful and propulsive, and yeah, you hit your straps in that shoe, and it feels brilliant. And I love doing a five k race in it. I've done some mile reps in it. I've done a longer, hard training run in it, and I think it. I know it's pitched as a marathon shoe, but it's pretty comfortable at any distance. And I've been saying in all the videos, it does remind me of the original Nike Alpha Fly. And those who maybe were put off the second one being a bit heavier and bulkier might want to look at the Mizuno. And it's 200 quid, which is not cheap, but that is cheaper than most. It's, it's actually mm. not at all cheaper than other shoes in America. It's $250, but in the UK, it's coming in with an RRP below most carbon shoes. And I put it right up there right now. I think I would be happy wearing it for anything. 
Nice. Well, and the UK has been getting stiffed on shoes uh, yeah. recently. <laughs> so it's nice to see, see one where we actually look out a bit on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, our prices have gone nuts. So yeah, fair play to Mizuno. least we could do is pronounce their name right. <laughs> um, well, I, they never sent me the, the, the Rebellion Pro, so... Continue to pronounce it wrong. Yeah, yeah. me and Mike uh, are getting uh, the, the stick for saying hocker anyway, so we're all getting some. Yeah, is it you getting the stick? I thought it was me getting the stick. Do you say hocker or hoker? I say both. I change that as well. Yeah, yeah, I do say both. Actually, that's true. I correct myself off through a review, and then uh, I forgot which one I was. <laughs> I don't mind. It's pretty obvious. There's not two brands: one called hocker and one called hoker. It's obvious who we're talking about. It's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, um, Really does uh, rub people up the wrong way, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, all right, then uh, from fast race shoes to uh, a, quite a lot of cushion shoes at the other end of the market. Mike, I think you've tested all of the most recent cushion shoes that have, that have been released recently. Go on, hit us. What, 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 what's come out? I have because, I mean, these are the obvious shoes for me to be running in right now because I cannot run fast. So um, <laughs> cushion shoes are ideal. So we've had, I mean, there's been three kind of big ones that have come out um, kind of the past month. There is the ASICS or ASICS Gel Nimbus 25, the Nike Invincible 3 uh, and the Hocker Clifton 9. So for people who want kind of cushion, kind of daily trainer style shoes, there's been some kind of nice options. So the Asics, um, you know, they've made a kind of big claim about this being their, mo- you know, the most comfortable shoe out there. You know, we've all kind of tested our review video up there and kind of comparison videos have been up there now. So for people to watch and, I, you know, I've definitely, this is probably the Gel Nimbus I've liked the most for a while and the ones I've tested. Is it the most comfortable shoe? I mean, I think we'd agree that it's good, but I don't you know it's not the most comfortable. I think, I think obviously we had the Nike Invincible 3, which just come in the last few weeks. Um, and they've made some changes on that front. It obviously feels, I mean, for me personally, it feels a little bit more of a stable shoe compared to the previous um, Nike Invincible. I'm not so, I'm not sure I massively love the changes personally. I quite like the, the second. Um, I feel it, it runs a little bit differently for me personally, but we've had that in as well. And then the Hocker Clifton 9, which I stupidly raced in um, with Hocker uh, with Tom. And that's obviously, that's changed in terms of the feeling of the midsole foam that you're getting in comparison to the um, Clifton 8, which I think makes it a much nicer shoe, uh, a shoe that I think sticks to, you know, very closely to the roots of what the Clifton's about. But I think it, it definitely, definitely feels like a nicer shoe to kind of run the same types of runs, I think, ultimately, that the Clifton you'd, you'd associate with. Yeah, I feel like the Clifton's more of a daily trainer. I always, I always considered it more of a daily trainer than the other two, but just a big old yeah. one, with the Bondi being the, the tank. But um, yeah. yeah, I've enjoyed it a bit more. I have a bit of trouble with the Invincible. I haven't been able to get through the testing. It just seems like it's aggravating my knee a little bit more than other running shoes. And I do prefer the two. I definitely say that. Um, but Because it's more stable, but still not very stable. But um, all in all, it's yeah, it's interesting the changes Nike has made there. I'm not sure they necessarily have improved the shoe. Yeah, well, and we've got a lot of videos up on the channel on the latest cushion shoes that have been out. So I'm not going to, I won't go into too much detail about my thoughts on all of them. But um, yeah, I definitely, to be honest, out of all those three, none of them for me really have blown me away. But they are all of them good shoes. But uh, yeah, if you want to find out more about those shoes and our thoughts on those, you can head to the channel and find out plenty of reviews and verses and things because we have gone a bit cushion shoe mad uh, over the past few weeks. Um, and then from 
shoes to tech and something I have know nothing about, but I've seen you posting quite a few things about it, Mike, the Huawei uh, watch buds. Yeah, so this is an interesting one. I think we've got to a point with smartwatches where, I mean, particularly for me, who's reviewing a lot of them on a very regular basis, not a lot of innovation or you know creativity is really happening in this space. So Huawei have basically launched a smartwatch which kind of discreetly hides away a pair of truly wireless earbuds, which... Initially, I, I'm kind of like, do I do I need these? Do I need these in my life? Is it is it a good thing for runners? But actually, the more I've used it, the more I actually have found it quite useful to have. I'm a kind of I do run generally with truly wireless earbuds. I have had it when I've grabbed my bag to go and do something. I've forgotten them. I've got the watch on, and actually, it's quite nice to have it. Now, the watch itself, it's not very sporty. It's not like the Huawei Watch GT Run in terms of design. So. It's a little bit chunkier, but it's, you know, you wouldn't know that there are cases that kind of holds the buzz. And I've kind of tested the kind of, you know, the robustness of it. And it's it's actually been very, very good. The problem is it's expensive. It's more expensive than any other Huawei watches you can buy. And I think the core running experience is very good. But ultimately, would I pay that amount of money for it? I'm not 100% convinced. Uh, if it was a little bit cheaper, potentially. But I think, yeah, in terms of what it sits at the price point and the design, it's not the perfect kind of running kind of match. But actually, in terms of the the you know taking concept for reality it, i think it works pretty well it's just you got to pay a lot of money for it speaking of niche that feels niche it still, uh, <laughs> like something they worked out they could do and didn't really stop yeah. to think enough if they should do it i mean are the earbuds good audio quality at least yeah no the, no yeah. That, no that's the thing the earbuds yeah. are the very good quality and that's the okay. thing and I, I think ultimately if they could get it down a little bit cheaper and I, I actually i think there is i think there is value in it i think mm. but ultimately the price point is just not right there and the design wise from a running point of view it's not kind of, and also you're not getting kind of the dual band GPS support, all the kind of bigger kind of running features that Huawei have kind of added recently. So you're kind of missing out a little bit from that experience as well too. Okay. And then lastly, we've got uh, the Google Pixel Watch. Yeah. Well, Nick, you've been, I mean, I've, I've been testing it and I mean, it didn't last long on my wrist to be honest, but you've been testing more recently. I think main thing for me is that, you know, running, running kind of side of things, there's not nothing much there in terms of what what's there and what you get from the the promise kind of integration from Fitbit. Although Fitbit's kind of running stuff is not particularly fantastic, but for me it's just the battery life. The battery life is mm. terrible, so that was kind of my take, and I couldn't wait to kind of take it off to be honest. So, yeah, I just saw I need to charge it. It's, just, it's frustrating. <laughs> I need to charge it if I'm going to get the sleep tracking. It's 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 yeah. It's um, I don't know. It feels like it feels dated which is bizarre, you know, it's a watch you've been waiting for for ages and it's come in and it's missing stuff that's available on most lots of smartwatches. And what I, I don't know why the uh, Wear OS App Store isn't as developed as... I know the Apple App Store is very well... It's amazing, it's very well developed. And there's loads of people working for it, but it just doesn't seem to be good third-party running apps going in the um, Wear OS App Store, Google Play App Store. And the native tracking is not very good. And there's all the things like Strava and Runtastic and they're all just, again, basic. And it, it just feels basic. It feels like when you pulled on the Apple Watch for the first couple of generations, it was like, oh, this is a nice smartwatch. Not very good at sports tracking. And it's like, well, I don't know. Google have been making this for a while. Maybe they, they should have been looking at what's going on and going, well, let's at least do this kind of stuff. But I really like the look of it. And it's very small and yeah. sleek and, you know, pretty. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't last a day uh, if you've got the always on screen on and stuff like that. It's, yeah, it's got a few uh, little issues. Yeah, and that was the thing. I think the Wear OS three thing was, you know, meant to, you know, make sure that the kind of app support was really good. And like you say, the actual rebuilt apps, the running apps, are not fantastic. They're still pretty basic, and it's it's lagging behind. And I know it's it's Android only, but it's lagging behind what Apple are doing in terms of their 
they're kind of running focus features um even with the ultra yeah and and you've got written down here athlete athletes meet nick what's athlete <laughs> Athletes Me, yeah, it's a new little thing. Seen pop up on Instagram. It's a basically a new service where you can ask questions of elite athletes, essentially. So instead of asking us questions, you can go and ask people who know what they're talking about a bit better. Um, so it's got like you know some Team GB athletes on there. Kevin Seward, the uh, Irish marathoner, is on there as well. These are some great, great talents, and um, I think the idea is you can try and get advice direct, one on one, from people who have lived the life and see what they can mm. say about certain topics so it's quite an interesting idea uh i'll be interested to see where it goes in the next few months cool okay well let's uh that, that'll do for uh the update this this month let's dive into the next section so guys rotations running shoe rotations, something that crops up a lot in the comments something that we discuss quite a lot and something that is possibly a quite a tricky one for a lot of people to get their heads around if they maybe are new to running or if they haven't owned that many shoes before so what let's start off with a nice simple one what is a running shoe rotation nick you start this one because you talk about running shoe rotations more than anyone <laughs> quivers if you will recording this video quivers mate <laughs> Qu- <laughs> quavers quavers quivers and quavers uh so running shoe rotation is basically using a mix of running shoes uh, each week so you know when you first start running you probably start with one shoe you do everything all of your runs in that one shoe whereas with a running shoe rotation you'd have a variety so it can be as little as two shoes three shoes is probably the most common running shoe rotation like a, a race shoe a daily trainer and a cushion shoe that kind of thing or you can then start really extending it to adding in fourth shoes for niche purposes trail shoes all that kind of thing so the idea is you're using different shoes for different runs that's not that's nice and simple i was going to ask mike a question but i think you've covered it there <laughs> sorry mike all right so let's let's keep this one uh this, this this was a good one what are the benefits of having a running shoe rotation i've i could do this on two my... <laughs> you can do it all right so i think I've done, I've, I've talked about this a lot. I've just done an article on this, spoken to some people about it, but uh, <laughs> there's kind of different benefits. I mean, the most obvious one to runners is that different shoes serve different purposes a little bit better. So while there are all rounder shoes out there that are great at doing everything, but a lot of time you want a dedicated racing shoe that's a bit lighter, a bit faster, uh, but it might not be as comfortable as you want it for your easy run. So you can have different shoes to do suit different purposes. It's also good for the body. So this is something that comes up a lot when I speak to physios through my normal job. One of their main recommendations for runners is to have different running shoes and it's not for performance benefits is because it places different stresses on the body to run in different types of shoes particularly if you go for different brands different drops different foam types that kind of thing just means that maybe having a nice firm shoe with a lower drop in your rotation alongside your big squishy high drop shoe just means your body is receiving the impact from running in a slightly different way your muscles get a slightly different force applied to them and it given that most running injuries tend towards being repetitive strain injuries you know overuse injuries doing that using different shoes might mean that you reduce your risk slightly of getting those repetitive injuries and then the last benefit i come across recently is uh it's good for the shoes so all of these shoes these days have you know nice soft midsole foams in them a lot of them have air injected midsoles or nitrogen injected midsoles and after a run they basically are compressed during a run it takes a little while for them to 
banned again. And it's not a long time, but it just means if you're not using them again the very next day, you just give your shoe a bit more time to recover in between use and be at its best. The next time you use it, it's going to feel a bit better. And especially in case you're actually getting your shoes wet and you need to give them time to dry out, just moving, using a different shoe the next day might just mean that shoe you used has a bit more time to recover and feel fresher and better the next time you do come to using it. And it's not going to shorten the lifespan of your shoes, definitely. So even though it's expensive up front, you know, you will have three shoes that still last the same amount of time. And you know, you can just use, and it's not going to cost you anything extra as opposed to just buying one shoe. It might, in fact, even save you a bit of money because your shoes might last a bit longer because you're not battering them every day. Interesting. Can you think of any <laughs> other benefits, Mike? I mean, I think Nick kind of quite comprehensively covered it, but I think, um, I, I think for me, I think for me, I think it's just um, this kind of set, getting the most out of the kind of sessions that you want to do in that in in that training, or if you are training for something. I think having a shoe that will lend itself better to those types of, of obsessions i think it makes sense and that's kind of why you know i like probably fall into a lot of the back of a lot of runners where actually i want a shoe that i can use for everything but ultimately you know in a fortune position where i can dedicate a shoe to a different session or a different type of run and i think you know i've i've seen value in having a rotation uh, whereas previously i you know i wasn't particularly sure that i needed it but i do think that it has helped me in terms of being more focused in terms of trying to sessions that I do in the particular in the particular shoes and getting the most out of those sessions as well. I also would say it's pretty important to say that the benefits are probably quite marginal. Like it's not something that you drastically have to do. But like for example, Kieran ran the same pair of shoes all you know all the way across Europe, and the shoe was fine. It's not like you needed that foam to recover every day. But mm. given it's just an initial outlay is quite scary. It's a big amount of money up front, but in theory, it shouldn't really cost you anything extra to have the rotation. And then, like Mike says, you can have the perfect shoe for the job when it comes to fast runs in particular for me. Well, I think you've pretty much covered everything. Can't think of it. That's, that's a fairly good detailed answer. Uh, well done. Okay, so does everyone need a running shoe rotation? I don't think so. Okay, next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, didn't want, I didn't want to keep hogging the question. I don't know if Mike wanted to jump uh, in. But. yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, no, I mean, yeah, t- uh, yeah, I don't think necessarily. I think it depends on what you're doing in terms of your runs. And I think, like, f- for me, if if I want to go out and and do a qu- quicker session, but I can use that shoe or the same shoe to kind of race in, then I think that's absolutely fine. I don't think that's an issue. And if you're getting a good, you know, the good life out of it, and it feels familiar, and you like that familiarity of running in that shoe for all your sessions, and I think. For me personally, I think it's absolutely fine, but I do think also there is room to have those rotations, and I think catering those shoes for the different types of runs that you do, I think it's absolutely an argument to do that. And Nick's kind of talked about the kind of the value of doing it in terms of the lifespan of your of your shoes as well, and spreading shoes across your runs, which initially may not feel like it, you know, a kind of cheaper thing to do, but actually you don't have to spend a lot on the shoes that can cater for kind of those slower, easy runs and do those kind of quicker runs. And actually you can find things that work for races, but also work for your training as well. So I think you can build those rotations, I think also at a value, you know, a cheap kind of price point as well. And I think that's worth keeping in mind, but I also don't think it's for everyone. It depends on what you're using those shoes for, I think ultimately. And if, if you're going to do those types of runs and you're looking at those types of improving the quality of those runs or maybe getting more out of those runs and maybe there's an argument to do it. I think, you know, based on kind of my experience of having a rotation. Yeah, I will say when you first start out running and you're probably running every other day, fairly short distances, um, and even if you are a performance-focused person, you don't really need to start thinking about that just yet. I would just get yeah, a nice, comfortable shoe and use it for a while because, it's, yeah, you're just getting used to the sport. I wouldn't invest in a rotation straight away. Certainly... I'd wait until you really know almost what the kind of shoes you like and what you're trying to do before you start adding other shoes to it. It's good just to get uh, a good general shoe at first. 
Yeah, completely. Uh, I, I agree. I think uh, running shoe rotations are a thing that quite often people get into because they become re- get really into running and it almost becomes like a you know shopping yeah. uh, obsession and you, you just want all the latest things. But uh, I mean, we've got a lot of shoes and um, there's some shoes that I really wanted when I heard about them, but I never use. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, ha- having a big pile of shoes is, is not great if you, ne- if you never use them. And and really, I I think that if uh, we we have a, we're, we've got a nice opportunity in that we get to try lots of shoes. But if you if push came to shove, I'd probably end up with a, a handful of shoes that I really want to run in, and all those other ones I don't really want. And and that's because we test shoes. But I've got friends who have massive piles of shoes as well, and they never use any of them hmm. because they've been constantly trying to build out a rotation, buy new shoes all the time. But yeah, there's a sort of buyer's level of it as well, where having a rotation can be a bit addictive and you can't add in, keep adding in new new bits and pieces to it so yeah i don't think everyone needs one i don't agree. i think actually once you've got one shoe or even two even if you do build a rotation of three shoes that you're happy with i would immediately stop watching all running reviews it's terrible for our channel but yeah i would <laughs> i wouldn't want to hear about any other shoes until i'd use those shoes up because uh yeah like you say it's just something distracting and shiny and then you've wasted money and you know, exactly. wasted and, emissions <laughs> and, and, and quite often you'll find that, that a lot of and, and this, i'm not speaking for myself here and because we test shoes but i've got friends who have bought the Vaporfly, then bought the Alphafly, and now they're buying the Puma card plate shoes. And, and <laughs> they, they're constantly messaging you going, oh, I don't like it as much as the Vaporfly. I think, well, yeah, yeah. You've now, you've now got seven carbon plate shoes. <laughs> you only like the Vaporfly. It's, it's, you, know, it's, you don't have to get all the shoes. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. But, yeah, I think it's definitely – there's a level of it which is um, – it's enjoyable, isn't it, to, to get new shoes and build out your rotation. But it's not necessarily for everyone. Can only do so much running after all. <laughs> exactly exactly all right so let's 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 talk about us in particular and we will be having a video out soon where we talk about our our, our actual rotations and each of the run testers will be talking about the shoes that they that, that they would pick for their rotation of, of three but let's have a little chat we're not going to go through the actual shoes now but let's talk about how each of you build out your running shoe rotations uh mike you'll start with your rotation yeah i feel like my rotation has grown where from for someone who literally just did run in one shoe but i think what i found is for me personally the way it's worked for me is i found a shoe that if i just want to go out and run that is a shoe that i grab there's no emphasis on you know me wanting to run quick so that's kind of my easy i guess recovery shoe and that's one i would have i would also something i i also i do well when i'm not when i'm fit i will I do a lot of track sessions. Tracks are the track sessions are really important for me in terms of my training. I do have a shoe that I kind of would go to to use in the track that I like using on the track, which obviously could work for kind of speed training generally anywhere. But I quite like having something for those you know specific kind of running conditions and running environment. And then kind of a daily a daily trainer where I think it's something I can use to kind of run faster sessions in. But if I want to go and run slower in it as well then I have the capacity to do that and I think that's a nice shoe to have if you decide you want to change in terms of what you're doing in that run then I think that's a nice shoe to kind of have and then the last thing is I probably would have my race shoe but it's a race shoe that I'd also use to train at my race pace as well so that is a carbon plate shoe that is something that I would use but it's something that I would only use for those quality runs where are going to kind of mirror reflect what I'm going to do in my kind of races and then the other thing i would have is a big kind of rotation is a trail shoe i mean i do like running trails i have to go and run to my trails, so i do have a road to trail shoe that i will have um that i kind of use on a regular basis just because i have to go i have to go and do kind of some trail stuff um a lot some of my club runs are then mm. that's something that i would use as well so my rotation has grown but ultimately there's probably a couple of shoes that i would regularly use and i think they're kind of 
faster kind of daily trainer and the kind of shoe that I would use for racing and kind of training at my race pace. All right, uh, Nick, your rotation, yours is probably slightly different than uh, than myself and Mike's. What have you got? Uh, yeah, it's probably pretty similar. I'd start with, yeah, I get, have a ratio, dedicated ratio. I'm very keen on running fast and doing time. So I will, that's been a big choice is the racing shoe, which I wouldn't use very much in training uh, because I, my, more of my more daily trainer general shoe, I pick something that's speed tilted, I'd say. So kind of the all-rounder shoes you see these days that, you know plated training shoes or even without a plate very lightweight quite good shoes for fast sessions and i'd like to be able to use my trainer for that so i'd have yeah the fast racing shoe and then a daily trainer that's pretty speedy and then for my general shoe for easy runs uh, relaxed runs maybe some tempo runs i would get a fairly cushioned shoe uh, not too cushioned i'm not so into the big max cushion trend so i get something fairly cushioned but the key thing for me with that shoe is definitely the outsole is going to be able to handle light trails so the forest mm-hmm. near me the canal toe pass near me great place to go and do easy general runs so it's got to be it's not it's still a road shoe i want it, the feeling of a road shoe because a lot of those runs will be on the road as well but it's got to have a good outsole and then i suppose a last must for me would be uh, as i do race cross country with my club i'd have a a big mud focused trail shoe something with big lugs that i can then use as well when i go on holiday to areas with more um you know aggressive trails than i find around near me so i want a shoe that's got really reliable grip that's a trail a trail only shoe that i'll use for those races club sessions in the mud and that kind of thing but for my most of my trail runs would just be on light trails i'd use a road shoe with a good outsole and that would be probably the 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 shoe that does most of my runs in general okay interesting so i i'm going to go for the full-on most maximum cushion shoe possible (laughs) as my main easy day shoe but that's uh, my training skews very much at the moment skews very much towards just ticking off the miles in in comfort and so I'd always have the most cushioned shoe possible for those those days. Uh, and then my in my center, my sort of middle rotation shoe would be a non-carbon shoe that skews more towards faster running. I don't like to have a complex shoe as my daily shoe. Uh, I like to have something a bit more cushioning, but it's designed to be a little bit bouncier. And then my, uh, my for my race shoe, I would always go for top-end carbon plate shoe, which I'm using <laughs> for... For, uh, for for fast sessions and uh, it's probably no surprises which ones those are going to be and then for my if i was going to have a trail shoe in there it would be more like mike's it would be more of a road to trail shoe because most of the trail stuff that i do veers more towards the comfortable side of things i'm not running fast on the trails i'm not going through loads of mud so it tends to be uh, paths i run across the downs quite a lot and even though there are some tricky trust section on the downs i tend to stick to the paths so um generally want a shoe that i can run out to the downs on and that's about 5k uh do like 20k on the downs and then and then run back uh so a nice comfortable road to trail shoe for me uh in that and also it's a shoe that i like i like to have that shoe as a, an option where i can like like you have nick where you go away you can take a shoe and still do a bit of road running it you don't have to worry too much about um being limited by that so uh yeah that's that's my four shoe choice rotation uh and as i say uh the up on the channel we'll link to it uh as soon as it's ready but we will be going through our actual rotations at the moment and they change quite a lot throughout the year uh with new shoes getting added new shoes getting (laughs) removed but i would say that for most of us actually kieran's an interesting one this because kieran's probably the one that's got the uh, rotation that's very different than ours based on the type of running that he does changes a lot as well yeah um but for for us um yeah we we i think there's shoes that we generally always have a similar one from the same lineup in but then there's some some surprising ones that crop in every year that uh you couldn't have you couldn't have counted on that um suddenly suddenly take over the the shoes that we previously had in our rotation 
Mm. Um, so there we go, running shoe rotations. All right, so uh, on the podcast, uh, we normally do this. We haven't done it in the last couple of months because we've had uh, specific themes. So we didn't really have questions that were related to those themes. But we're back on it this month with our questions from the audience. And this is our chance to talk about or answer questions from uh, the viewers where we haven't had a chance to or haven't had time to do it um, over the over the last month. So let's start off with a question from uh, JD's Right to Point. Did you <laughs> like the Rebel 3 or the Mac 5 better? Oh, wow. I've got a full video on that topic up on the channel uh, for more detail. But I think they're quite similar in how good they are, which is to say very good. They are lightweight shoes without a plate that are versatile training shoes. The Mac 5 is a bit softer and better for long runs. The Rebel is a bit bouncier, maybe has a slight edge for fast runs, but it might prefer in your your ride feel preference was my main conclusion now. and I like a rocker shoe quite a lot so I probably prefer the Hocker Mac 5 but if you like a bouncy softer shoe the um Rebel good answer so this one is from and I, I actually this is this is foreign characters uh, on this uh, comment so I, I've got no idea um, okay. but uh, it is as a beginner runner looking for a comfortable and fun shoe what do you recommend more Nimbus 25 or Nimbus gel Nimbus 25 uh, Triumph 20, Nike Invisible 3, or New Bands More V4? I think we know what my answer is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> New Bands More V4 all the way. Although I would say it's a second, uh, the Triumph. I, I think that's, it's a bit of a toss-up between those two. Uh, what do you guys go for? I would put, I think the most lively of the, I would say the Triumph 20. I think for me, the More V4, I find it a little bit heavy for me, but I think the ride is very nice on it. And I think I would probably go for the Invincible 2 as opposed to the Invincible 3. But if I had to pick... From those, I would probably go for the Triumph 20 personally in terms of the enjoyment. And I think the cushioning is great on that. It's, you know, you're getting similar level of cushioning on all of these, I would say. But I think for me, the Triumph is the one that I, I kind of use for those types of runs. So. Good choice, Mike. Best thing you said all day, Nick. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty biased because I started running in a Triumph. That's why I'd always recommend start running in a Triumph. And it's so much, I mean, the Asics you know, is great. You will love it, but it's so much more expensive than the Triumph. So I would, mm. and a Triumph's pretty got, yeah, it's great, the Triumph. No, no problems great. recommending that. I, I would say that it's, this Triumph 20 is the safest bet for anyone. I, I, if, if anyone was to ask me what cushion shoe do I get and I didn't know them very well, um, I'd say Triumph 20 is the safest bet because all the other ones, is, eh, they skew towards a certain type of cushioning and they might not work for you. Mm. Okay, next question. Jean-Paul Bourbonnais. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, that's, that's a, that's not do. Is the Clifton 9 softer than the Clifton 8? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not, it's not massively soft, but it is softer. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I has I do like it a little bit more than well I do a lot more than the eight actually it's it's a more enjoyable shoe more comfortable shoe. Hiran T says which is more stable Brooks Hyperion Max or Socony Endorphin Speed Three for longer runs? Ooh, I've not done any longer runs in the Hyperion Max. Uh, I mean, Hyperion Max is a firmer shoe, a bit more um, traditional. I'd say I'd say it certainly feels very stable, but the Endorphin Speed is. It's not unstable. I'd, I'd probably say the Brooks, but I've not done many longer. Well, I haven't done any longer runs in it, but it just feels like it's going to be quite stable. Brooks are quite good on that front in general, and their foam is a bit firmer. Yeah, I, I always, I think I can't remember. I was talking to you about this, but the Speed Three, because it's got that wider fit, hmm. it does feel a little bit more unstable for me. And I don't, I don't think it's the foam or anything. I think it's just because there's more space in the shoe, so it's harder to get locked down. So it can feel a little bit less stable than the Two because the Two's got quite a nice structured lockdown fit. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I've never tried the Brooks Hyperion Max. 
<laughs> um, okay, Ben Wharton says, "Oh, it's it's one for me." Hey, Tom, could the, su- <laughs> could the super blast uh, super blast be a good option to actually race in for my first marathon? Yes, I think it could. I think it's a very good shoe for that. It's it's nice bouncy shoe. It's very comfortable to wear. There's a lot of, lot of cushioning on it, but it's definitely not a slow shoe. I, <laughs> I, I definitely think if I was running my first marathon, I, I would be I'd be happy in that shoe. So yeah, I'd say yeah, uh, it's a it's a good choice. Uh, Moggy says, "Do these super shoes c- come over pronation supported? Seems they only make it for neutral runners." I'm yeah, they're, they're not stable, uh, and if yeah. they are stable, they're probably not that super. That's basically how my my friend who pronates summed it up to me once. <laughs> yeah, this is why I put it in because I thought it was an interesting point. And I think I think yeah. one of the one of the things to flag about stability shoes is that they normally need more elements to the shoe, and they become a bit heavier, and they become yeah. a bit less. Sure. You can't you can't really make them, make them bouncy because that loses stability there. So yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you don't really get stability ratios. I guess um, the. I was going to say the Endorphin Pro 3 is probably the most stable that I've used. But again, you're getting an element of, as we've said, that stability because of the weight and because of the way those shoes are built. They're built for racing, I guess, Mm. and not having those extra protective elements, I guess. The Puma's uh, Deviate Nitro Nitro Elite isn't quite so high stack. That could help a little bit. It's not an unstable shoe. The Brooks Hyperion Elite line has always been quite stable, but it just does. That is because they haven't really got a very soft and bouncy foam. So you lose a lot of the joy of a uh, super shoe <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think stability overflation shoes stability shoes are getting they're moving in the direction where they are getting a little mm. bit more uh and uh, yeah, a little bit faster a little bit less like you would expect from a stability shoe but i mean sorry moggy there aren't really any fast uh super shoes that, that are designed for overpronating runners oh, i can't even pronounce this one good boy Good boying dis yurto. Okay. Uh, regardless of the price, Vaporfly Next Percent 2 or Endorphin Elite for a 5K race? Uh, Vaporfly for me. Uh, I mean, I'm not running the Vaporfly, so I can't. Oh, what? Say. We need to get you a Vaporfly. <laughs> I can't believe you're still I'm sure I've got them. a spare pair of Vaporflies to give you. <laughs> um, Adam, all right. Adam, yeah, so. You can get lost then. Um, yeah i'm saying uh uh, to be honest it's a tough one because i would for most races i would always say vaporfly but i think the 5k is the one race where i don't think i'd see a noticeable difference between the two i would would prefer the vaporfly because i I enjoy that shoe more i think it's more comfortable but i think i don't think there'll be a difference in the time i got in those two shoes yeah i agree with that i'd say that the 5k in particular once you get once you reach a certain level of super, you're probably it's just coming down to weight, I suppose, and the vaporfly is slightly lighter. Yeah. Okay. And legs will move. Says, is it really worth it to pursue these over regular buds with passive modes? And that was on the bone conduction video. So he's basically asking, is it is it worth getting bone conduction headphones? I I mean, from from my point of view, I think I I I don't run predominantly bone conduction headphones, but there are definitely benefits for it, and I know a lot of people do prefer running them. I think from a safety point of view, I think that's a a really big thing um and if you're racing a lot of races will prefer that you run in these types of headphones and i think the the main downfall for me is obviously the sound quality but the sound quality is getting better and you know in terms of fit and being you know rugged and good for for running that it's kind of they're kind of there right now but it's it's we're making compromise in certain areas but there's definitely reasons to have them and i think they are getting a lot better and i'm feeling there are headphones that i would want to run in as well you know i think they are getting better from that point i say on the passive but i assume by that he means like a transparency mode so you can hear things around you within earbuds with that setting on a lot of buds just Mm -hmm. 
get a lot of wind noise. It, t- it actually takes it's quite only a few on the market when you're running that actually it works. So you end up not hearing anything in the passive mode because yeah. you're just getting a lot of wind noise. You have to take the headphone out. Uh, so that I do think bone induction one, you know, if, if you are needing awareness, there's a big step up in awareness compared to using a transparency mode. Some of them are really good. The, uh, the Apple AirPods 2 is a great transparency mode that doesn't seem to have that wind problem, but even other ones from very good brands have the wind problem when you're running. Yeah, I, I think that if I didn't have any any buds and I only bought or did any headphones and I didn't and I had to buy one pair, I would buy in-ear buds with transparency mode. But the, having a pair of bow connection headphones, I do use quite a lot for races, especially things like trail races. I don't really want to wear in-ear headphones because it's just because I want to hear what's going on and you know you, you need to listen out for stuff like that. So I think you know different things really. It's um, uh, you, you've kind of got it. If you've got bone conduction headphones, you really need both because they're a different thing. You can't really compare the two. Is that they're, they're, they're for different reasons. You use them for different reasons. Um, and of course, you've got the, the fact that regular buds, you can use them all the time. You can't use bone conduction all the time. If you're on a train or if you're walking down the busy street in London, bone conductors are fairly useless. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. So what have we got coming up in the next few weeks? Running shoe rotations. That's the big one that we're going to be chatting about our top three running shoes that we have in our, our individual rotations. Max storage shorts. This isn't one that I'm going to get involved with because I don't really care. Yeah, I love Max storage shorts. <laughs> I'll be uh, probably plugging. Actually, I probably won't bother because the, the decathlon shorts I've been using for all my marathons are never in stock. So I might have to not, not mention them. It should be gutting because they are the best on the market. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, oh, this is the big one. I, found, I only realized we were doing this um, earlier on today and I, I, so I had to sit back and go, oh, Okay. <laughs> running shoes the best running shoes the full list oh tom's tom's magnum opus every year <laughs> takes about five days to edit that thing uh, be, be kind be kind to tom when he puts that together yeah. we've got to wait a bit on that because sometimes yeah. it's with shoe releases there are some big ones coming i mean we can't do that video until we've at least tested the vaporfly 3 i feel like <laughs> well, it, it takes about a month to do it so i'm sure i should imagine we'll be ready by then but, uh, that, the time gets done. <laughs> that's the big one so that'll be our that'll be our video that covers all of the best shoes out at the moment in really short sharp format so that we cover everything um that's out then i think uh kira's doing energy gels i don't use energy gels so involved in that one um marathon essentials that's your one isn't it nick that come out next month no that's in the next that's about the next four weeks isn't it because marathons are coming up in um well the you should be in the next few weeks because marathons are all coming up that's true. Yeah, I'll get it up. I don't. I'll get. I'll get it done. Don't worry. Jeez, I'm just trying to get out of it. Do it in the summer when everybody wants to watch it. You're not my dad. <laughs> uh, and the then Mizuno videos coming as well. I'm going to talk a lot about this Mizuno shoe because I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, looking forward to that. And then Mike, I don't know if you know about this, but you've got running watches on the list. Apparently, apparently that will be coming soon. Yeah, Number well, one, Pixel Watch. <laughs> Number two, oh, what's yeah. the shoe? This the Apple Watch Killer. What's that one? Oh, Xiaomi. Yeah. Xiaomi that I can't, can't even get it set up on my, uh, my phone. So that's going well. <laughs> okay, uh, perfect. Well, that's that's what's coming up. So keep an eye out for those uh, listeners. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, ask us a question that might, might get added to the next podcast, that's team at the runtesters.com or you can contact us at Instagram on the runtesters or at the runtesters and on YouTube, of course, because that's probably where you've heard about us. And that's just at the runtesters, uh, forward slash the runtesters. Uh, so other than that, thanks a lot for listening and uh, we'll be back next month. This episode of the podcast was presented by Tom Wheatley, Nick Harris-Fry, and Mike Saw. 
The podcast was produced by Tom Wheatley. The music was by Fear of Tigers. (laughs) 